Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Radu Palamari, Managing Director of Elkat Global. My pleasure to have with us today Christophe Mounier-Polet, who is the Vice President of Global Supply Chain at Vestas. As you know, Vestas is the energy industry's global partner on sustainable energy solutions and the largest company of its kind in the world. If you've passed by some wind turbines, there's a high chance that they made it and great company to help us all with the sustainability goals. Christophe is a professional, long time experience within supply chain and previous to Vestas, he's also worked for many years, close to 25 all in all in his career, and he's worked also for ABB and Schneider Electric in the past. So welcome Christophe, pleasure to have you. Thank you, Radu. So maybe let's start first, I'd like to ask a little bit on the personal side, what kind of got you into supply chain? I looked at your background, your education, you seem to have come through the school of production, manufacturing, engineering. I think at that time when you started 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't even the term supply chain. How did you end up where you are today? I studied with a degree in industrial engineering, I think that was called at the time. And then uh, very, let's say, naturally, I got a first job with Schneider Electric back in uh, 1998 as, as a production engineer uh, in a factory. So very, it's a typical, uh, typical job. And then uh, so starting in production, then I moved into um, logistics management for that factory and then into supply chain projects management, I think what we would call the center of excellence. And then after a few years, I moved to Asia still for uh, Schneider Electric first in uh, Hong Kong, uh, then in, in Singapore, to really set up the, the supply chain planning for the uh, Asia-Pacific region. So seven years in, in total in, in Asia. A fantastic experience where we had to really build everything, you know, the teams and the, the processes and, and the technology behind. So uh, it's, again, great experience. After that, I moved back to France in a center of excellence to look more particularly at the, the engineer to order, you know, the project-based part of the business. Super interesting uh, experience as well. And after, I think, 17 years altogether with uh, Schneider Electric, uh, I moved to, to ABB in uh, Switzerland, also in, uh, in a center of excellence at the start for uh, growing integrated business planning. And then I took over the, uh, the planning and fulfillment of uh, one of the four uh, division of, uh, of ABB at that time, the electrification products. So I think that's been five years at ABB. Then I moved to Vestas in uh, 2019. I think I really wanted to be a lot more active to do something, you know, around sustainability. And of course, the renewable energy uh, was a natural choice somehow. So, so I moved to, uh, to, to Vestas. It's uh, the global uh, leader for wind energy, as, as you said in the introduction. And uh, where I have a, a role in, in global supply chain, that's a mix of operations and transformation. So very, uh, very interesting balance. It's fun every day to keep that balance between uh, driving the operations on one side and transforming the way we work on the other side. A mix of uh, manufacturing, logistics, uh, planning. So all things that, uh, that we, we put into supply chain those days. Yeah, and uh, for sure, the last two years, no chance to get bored around that. <laughs> so no, never. Uh, That's a good thing in supply chain. We are never bored. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, ne never. And, and in particular, in the last two years. Now, the, I know that, uh, and we discussed a little bit beforehand, the main topic that I want to go deeper in today's call is 
the large-scale integrated business planning changes and implementations that you're doing at Vestas. And maybe before we go into the details, I would like to give you the opportunity also to set the scene because for our listeners, all supply chain professionals, I think it's also mm -hmm. important a little bit to clearly articulate it's a huge difference to do IBP in an FMCG environment, which fast-moving products. It's another thing to do it in the industrial where lead times are a little bit different. So maybe maybe let's let's start with that background setting first, and then we go a little bit more into, into the details. Absolutely. There's a few specificities in the wind turbines industry. The first one is that we sell large projects to our customers. So the demand comes in, let's say, big chunks of customer projects um, that with lead times that are, I would say, fairly long. So, so we have an horizon of view that's fairly long. The supply side is made of very standardized components in a way, right? The, the tower, the blades, and, and then the cell of the turbine, they are quite standardized. So, so we have a, let's say, an articulation of a demand in projects and the supply in products. And that makes planning that supply chain a lot more fun in, in that setup. So that, that's one specificity. There's another one that's very much a Vestas thing. This is, we have a global footprint. So we have factories all around the world, and that's something that we can leverage in, in tough or turbulent times uh, that has helped us a lot during uh, COVID, but also during uh, some of the more recent uh, disruptions that, that we've had around the world. So global footprint to operate with. And I would say the third element, we are building partnership with suppliers, and that, that's, uh, that's a long-term Friends, meaning that the way we operate, we plan and operate our supply chain, we have to consider that a very significant portion of our operations is now outside the walls of Vestas. It's how do we plan and operate the same way with suppliers, partners that we would do with our own factories. So again, that articulation between demand and supply, project and products, the, the global footprint, and I think the, the partnerships with, uh, with uh, selected uh, suppliers, these are really the, the, the specificities the shaping the way we operate the supply chain at Vestas. Quite a big difference. And now if we are to double click a little bit, right, from when you started, and I, I think you're in, in the middle of the project, right? So if you were to look back to best get the buying also from the CEO and the board and, and all the steps that you did in order to get it through and, and where you are today, what were some of the key lessons and learnings so far? Well, that's very typical. We're in the middle of a journey where there is, let's say, a technology consummation, right? We want to equip our planners with, with let's say, a better technology to plan that, that supply chain more rapidly, more accurately, to be able to, to play with scenarios uh, faster than, than we can uh, today. So there is a technology element, but beyond that, or I said before that, it's first and foremost the people, the capabilities, and then the way we work, the processes. So it's a very typical let's say people, then process, then technology transformation, making it into a, let's say, into a setup that's a little different based on the, the specificities I've mentioned before. But otherwise, the, the journey is a, is a very typical uh, transformation journey. And in terms of balancing your existing IT infrastructure on the technology side, and now with obviously the new processes that need to be adjusted to best fit the IBP model, any sort of best practices or learnings or sharings that you might want to impart with the audience? Absolutely. I think the key here is to really understand what the people really need. I mean, 
often with uh, with new technologies, new systems, we can be uh, dragged into uh, you know super nice cool. Uh, scenarios, modeling capabilities, you know, reporting and all those kind of things. And then we are, we are kind of uh, gradually stepping away from business and, and we look too much at uh, building cool technology. I think the key here is to constantly remind ourselves that we're doing that for the benefit of the users in the first place. So, so keeping in mind what they need to do, how they need to work uh, differently, how they can work better, and then set up setting up the technology that can enable them to achieve those, those goals rather than, you know, going for coolest technology. What has worked best in terms of check-in balances, right? So uh, to your point, users are key and getting that feedback and getting them involved and getting their buy-in is critical. So from the beginning to now, now you're kind of, you know, I, I, you know, if we were to gauge as a percentage, what, what percentage would you say? Is it 20, 30, 50% in it or what, what would it be now? It's difficult to put a number, but we are very, uh, we're well engaged, I would say, into the, the process. I think that the key was to get the users on board uh, soon enough, but also yes. finding a balance between having the users on board, but still having them to look, let's say, outside the box somehow and look at things that are done elsewhere, maybe differently. There's also a, a risk that we simply, let's say, replicate our current ways of working into a new system. And therefore, the benefits are limited. So it's finding a, you know, that balance between innovation, but still making it practical enough. The other thing we're doing, obviously, like, like I think many others undergoing such a, such a consummation, is to start small. So to deliver a minimum viable product, as, as it's called, right? something that people can use right now. And then gradually, as they become more comfortable, as the data also get, gets better, then we can add new functionalities while we, we progress in maturing the, the, the technology. So, so it's, that's, I think, a very typical journey as well to, to start small, MI, but start small and do several steps to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can share the good results and the the returns on, on investment that would make the other people, uh, the other parts of the organization. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and here, typically, we've actually, we've experimented new ways of working before the new technology was set up. And that has proven very useful with our steering committee because we've been able to show a bottom line impact before actually the system was up and running, right? Simply by experimenting new ways of working. And that has basically increased the level of confidence of the steering committee into the, the, the transformation project. That's a key insight. Now, if I were to ask you, Christophe, that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of companies that they still uh, haven't done uh, neither IBP nor SNOP nor, you know, more, let's say more fundamental sales and operations planning type of processes. What would be one or two of the key lessons or biggest learnings that would fast track them that you would want to share? Again, as I said before, it's uh, keeping uh, people in mind. What do they really need? That's the key. Uh, but in the, in the meantime, uh, keep an eye open on innovation and what's happening out there and filter what is actually good for us. That's, uh, there's so much happening out there and mm. there's so much marketing as well uh, from technology companies that it's, it's sometimes difficult to, again, filter what's, uh, what really could bring value to our particular uh, organization. Don't believe the fluff. Yeah, I think that's the mantra. <laughs> Do your yeah, background yeah. check. <laughs> what, 
watch for it though, because there are some uh, some gems into that. <laughs> but filter uh, filter filter well. <laughs> exactly, and uh, perhaps ask reference checks from from other people that use the same technology. So, same with candidates. Yeah, in our job is executive search, or same same with everything. Always do ref checks and background checks. Mm -hmm. What I also wanted to go into, and you mentioned it briefly, the supplier collaboration, right? And and the way that you build partnerships with your vendors, suppliers, different service providers. Talk to us also a little bit about that. I think that's become an essential topic, especially in the last 12 to 24 months where everything went haywire and it still is haywire. So how are you doing that at Vestas in a good way? No, no, absolutely. And obviously collaboration can take many, many forms, right? I could be in a product design that could be in the industrial footprint, you know, going to new places together with, with our suppliers. But obviously, there's an element of how we can collaborate better in running the supply chain. And, and indeed, I think, I think you, you, you've mentioned the uh, uh, disruptions in the world uh, we are today, right? That we cannot limit ourselves to a very, it's a transactional relationship where we, we may send a forecast and then uh, later we send a purchase order and then we got uh, product delivered. We have to go beyond we have to, to discuss risks and opportunities together with our suppliers. There's an element, obviously, of sharing more information, sharing uh, inventories, production panels, kind of things. But in addition to that, is really discussing risks and opportunities. We know that in these uh, troubled times, forecast is, is what it is, right? So, so we know that the accuracy will be lower than uh, like it to be. So the key here is to be able to address changes uh, up and down together with our suppliers to so have a real dialogue to say, what does that mean for you? What can you do, what you cannot do? Uh, what are the risks again? What are the opportunities and making decisions together? So it's really another level of collaboration with, uh, with our suppliers, obviously. We still have transactional suppliers, but for the let's say for the key ones, it's essential that really step up the discussion with with them on supply chain in particular. Now, talking about people, people and skills in supply chain, and I think a word that is thrown around is future of work as well. Uh, maybe let, let's start with future of work. And um, how, how do you guys at, at Vesta see, um, you know, in terms of will there be more likelihood to be some sort of a hybrid? Will it be, uh, you know, uh, online, uh, at home? Will it be office? What's your thoughts and what has changed also in the way that you work with investors in the last months and how do you see it in the next months? Well, yes, the, I mean, obviously you're referring to, uh, to COVID-19, right? That, that has changed the way we work. Travel has been uh, extremely limited in the last couple of years. So we have to find better ways to collaborate online. And that's the key. And uh, now we're, we're back in most of the offices around the world, in Denmark here. And uh, it's, we're very lucky. I think the pandemic has been very well managed here. So that was not a very big uh, constraint in a way, but we had to operate remotely uh, with uh, the, the rest of the world. So that has changed a bit the way we work and the way we, we collaborate. Absolutely. And in terms of skills, specifically for supply chain, and of course, there's hard skills, there's soft skills, but if you were to kind of do an x-ray and think, okay, mm -hmm. in the next two to three years, what would be one or two of the key skills that you think will be highest in demand? I would say recruiting would be first, right? I mean, that's the, at the end of the day, we can talk technology, we can talk, uh, you know, processes and then basically the supply chain science, if you will, but the key is the people, 
right? regardless of system, the supply chains are operated by, by people. So and we know that there's a scarce supply of people in supply chain and therefore selecting people, but also developing people. So, so they stay, that's my view, the top objective of any uh, leader in the, in, in the supply chain. Right? So that's the first thing. Obviously behind that, there's a need to master the, the supply chain science. That's a must, right? We need to know what we're talking about. We need to understand uh, how things work, the latest technologies. We need to understand the processes and, and so on. So the mastering, again, this supply chain science is, is key, but that, that's clearly not uh, sufficient. I think the development is also towards having supply chain people who really understand the business. So we're not just do supply chain, but we really support the business. And that, that's key. Every, every company is a bit different. So uh, there's a journey to, to understand uh, how things uh, work, how an industry operates, how a particular company operates, so we can, let's say, tune the supply chain in the best possible way to support the ambition of the company. So, so that's key. We can't let's say, limit ourselves to, to mastering supply chain, looking inwards in a way. That's a must. It's a, it's, it's a foundation somehow. But, but more and more, I see supply chain leaders being business leaders in a way. I badly needed. Glad that you made the point. For sure, a problem and a pain point in most organizations or a lot of organizations in terms of getting some have strong uh, supply chain leaders within the departments, but then going down also to the staff level and to kind of get all that as a mindset, business partnering, supply chain, how can supply chain engage as well as help develop the business? That's something that there's quite a bit of work <laughs> to do. Any any advice on that piece, Christophe? What works for you? when you, you know, with your teams and with helping them uh, better and closer work with, with the business, with the sales, with the marketing, anything in particular over your last 25, 30 years that has worked better in terms of, you know, getting that message across faster and getting them to work faster effectively? Yeah, yes, again, I, I would say, uh, keep your, your eyes open to, to business, talk to, talk to salespeople as, as much as you can, talk to, uh, on our side, we also have project managers to, to put the turbines uh, up and then running in the, at the customer locations. I mean, talk to other people, to finance as well, that understand the, the perspective of, uh, of the rest of the organization. That's key to really, again, keep that in mind. I mean, we have so much to do every day that it's uh, basically focus on, uh, let's say, supply chain, uh, internal stuff. There's so much to do in that space uh, anyway, and then forgetting to, uh, again, to look at uh, the perspective of others. So that's something to constantly uh, keep on top of our agenda. Well said. Closing question. What would be, Christophe, one piece of advice, career advice, uh, or one motto, it can be a motto or it can be a quote, that has helped you the most in your career so far that you could share with the younger generation? Uh, maybe I'll go with two if, if you're okay. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the first one might sound a bit old school, but I think for me, that, that matters a lot. I would say if you start a career in supply chain, start in operations. Go work in a factory, in a distribution center. I mean, there's no better, let's say, school to learn supply chain operations. Uh, they'll give you experience, a sense of reality. They'll give you credibility as well and later on if you move up the, the, into the organization. So again, starting in operations for me is key. There'll be time later on to go into uh, corporate offices. And actually, I would say you'll be better 
into uh, those corporate offices with a background in operations uh, rather than the other way around. So, so I think that's my, my really my first piece of advice. And, and then the second one is, is very simple. And we've heard that a hundred times, but it's simply keep learning. I mean, things are changing so fast that it's absolutely key to have on top of our agenda learning. And there are multiple ways of learning. Doesn't really matter. The point is to keep learning. No, uh, excellent points. And uh, thanks a lot for the sharing, Christophe. Also, thanks for uh, for being so forthcoming and, uh, and open about the journey that Vestas is on and for the many examples given today. Good luck to finalize. And uh, well, I'm sure that it's actually always a moving target, right? So there's always fine tunings and good luck with the next months and the 2022 disruptions and 2023 and so on, which will be ongoing. And thanks a lot for joining us today. Well, thank you, Radu, and uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to go to www.elcotglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest updates first. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify or Stitcher, we would appreciate a kind review. Five star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what, what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help.